This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, hi there. Oh, yes, it is podcast time. Jerry Recco is uh, on vacation. Eddie Scazzeri is on vacation. Uh, Bob Dwyer, who I did this with uh, yesterday, I think, he's on vacation. Tom Izzo joins me today. Oh, hi, Tom. Oh, hello, Al. Uh, Tom is the, what is your title here at the radio station? Digital guy? I tell everyone it's digital content producer. Digital content producer. So you do all the videos that we see on WFAN.com. On the, the the videos I tweet out of my five dollar five team parlay, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Yeah, that's all all coming from my fingertips. That's what you do. Yeah. Now uh, you are also the guy when you were a listener here to the show where you would send us the uh, nobody cares about hockey songs. That's correct. Yes, that's me. I would come in every morning at around uh, three a.m. I'd open my email and I'd have a new hockey song a day. Now Eddie tells me Eddie only I feel like Eddie only plays a handful of your songs. Like it's the same ones he plays. Yeah, he has a few favorites. He has a few favorites, but you have like over a hundred of them, I think. Yeah. There's a there's a ton. There's ton. a ton. But the problem with Eddie used to be like when we would get them in and I would play them for him, and Eddie would go, I don't know what that song is. He didn't know what it was a parody to. But Eddie's an old school and that's why he's always like the classic rock songs always work best for Song parodies for this audience, because that's the majority of our people. But I like knew the Justin Bieber songs you would do, like if they were super popular. So that's what we did. So you did those while you were not employed here. And then you somewhat created your own job. Like people always ask me, how does someone, I'll get uh, direct messages on Twitter. Hey, could you get me a job at WFAN? Well, like doing what? (laughs) Right. I used to do that. I used to uh, tweet at people like, how did you get this job? Right. Whether it was EA Sports or like, you know, just stuff I was interested in that like, you know, when they say if you uh, enjoy your work, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. That is. Um, so I was, I, I believe that. And if I can get in somewhere really cool that I was passionate about, like video games or at that time, Boomer and Carton, then. Right. Yeah. Took it, aim at that. That's why when I first started the one podcast, I was interviewing people. Because I was always fascinated by that, too. Like, how did you get to where you are now? Like, what steps did you take? Because I grew up, like, listening to Howard Stern, and I love David Letterman. I'm like, how do you get a job at one of these places? So you sort of, though, created a job here. Give people uh, I just want to get people, because I think this is helpful for people that are either want to get in the business 
or they're doing another job. Like you had a different full-time job. Yeah. Delivering fish, I think. Yeah. But you you got yourself into the business first by sending songs to me. You uh, would send songs to Howard Stern, right? Yeah, right. Did you do anything with Barstool? Did you ever send them stuff or no? No, no. I became a fan of Barstool after I started working here. Oh, I started, okay. Like checking them out, and they were popping up a lot. So then, how did you get this job being the digital content guy? Um, well, I was working. Well, it all started back in yeah nineteen. No, I was working when I was working in the fish market. I was listening to uh, uh, we would listen to Stern every single day, and then eventually, I guess the guys what well, he would be off so much, we'd put on the fan, and then we started listening to fan, and then oh, Boomer and Carton, okay. And I really like after a couple of days, like it was that was it. I'm in totally in. Whether it was like you know just the the normal banter, the song parodies, whatever it was you guys were doing, like loved it. Like this was something crazy. I loved it. Um, so then I just kind of, from that moment took aim at how do I get in there? How do I gain those skills to get in that door and be able to use them like on this kind of level? Right. Cause you had no technical background either whatsoever. Yeah. Nothing. Like even for the videos you're doing now and the backgrounds that you do, like you do the green screen with my football picks, mm -hmm. but you kind of taught yourself all those things. Yeah. I taught myself all that stuff. So when I was, all right. So <laughs> when I took aim to come here, yeah. I started a, um, volunteer college radio show at Rutgers for 90.3 The Core. The Core? Full volunteer uh, radio station with just students from there. Why and weren't, do I, don't you have to go to school at Rutgers? That's what that? I thought. And I went in and was like, can I volunteer? Can I help? I'll, I'll help in the community. And they're like, no, you don't have to do any of that. You just, you could just do a show if you want. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, awesome. And they, we have an opening really? every single day at 6 a.m. It's like, that's perfect. I, so before I went to work, I would go. Now, I had left the fish market at this point, so I'm working in Jersey now near Rutgers in Piscataway. So I would go to the uh, radio station. I'd do my show 6 to 8, I believe it was, and then I'd go right into work every single day. So I was talking on the radio. I was producing bits for myself. I was creating, like, my own song parodies, fake characters. You know, I would do all kinds of wacky stuff on that show, and then I kept building those skills, building those skills until – I was like, you know what? I, I, been, I was sending stuff to Stern, and they didn't. They're like, oh, this doesn't really work for us. We don't. We don't know if you could use this because they would play like uh, audience sent stuff all the time. Like, they what were do. you sending them? I was sending them parodies of like uh, a high pitch Eric song do, parodies. No, no, I was doing like skits. Oh, you were doing skits. You were high pitch Eric. I was in high pitch. Skits? Yeah, I was high. I was doing high pitch and uh, like uh, Halloween stuff. Just whatever was going on. New Star Wars movie came out. I'd you know try to impersonate the characters, or I'd take clips from their show and and splice them with stuff from Star Wars to make it like a Star Wars trailer of the Whack Pack, stuff like that. And how did you even know who to send that to? I went on like the fan forums and just kept searching, and eventually I got Will Murray's email. Okay, producer Will Murray, and I just uh, like blasted him nonstop, and he responded like, "Hey, this is you know this is okay. It's not exactly what we're looking for. We already have a guy who does a high pitch. We we don't need this." So eventually I hit I hit it. I did a Bobo song. When those first became a thing that people did, Bobo's a caller who'd call in. He's very boring. Uh, Has a hairpiece. Has a hairpiece, yeah. He's got all these little things about him. So it's easy to pick stuff and turn that into song parodies. So I did that, and it, it got on. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't I send it to like, my other favorite show, equally in love with Boomer and Craig and Stern, sent it to you guys. And right away, it was Super Bowl week. Um, Boomer was talking hockey, and I was driving from my college radio show to work. And Boomer's talking hockey at the Super Bowl. And I was like, I this is unbelievable. I can't believe this. Uh, so outraged. I made, uh, at the time, Justin those Justin Bieber songs are real popular. Right. So I parodied like two or three of them, telling Boomer to stop talking about hockey. 
and I'd sent a full length song. So somewhere there's a three minute version of me singing as Justin Bieber, <laughs> uh, telling Boomer to not talk about hockey. And then you got it, and you're like, these are pretty good. I think we'll use the hooks. Um, right. You know, send us more stuff. Uh, yeah, we just wanted the chorus. When we get back from the Super Bowl, you said you'd play him. This is incredible. I can't believe this. And you guys played him, and you convinced Boomer it was actually Justin Bieber. So he's like, Justin Bieber must listen to the show. <laughs> And then that was it. I, I'm never going to sleep every night after work. So I do the radio show six to eight at the college station. I'd for go free. To, for free. I'd, I'd go to uh, work for not free. Your fish job. But no happiness. No, by then I was out of the fish job. I had just left the fish job and started the pharmacy. Oh, pharmacy. Job. All right. Uh, and then I did, once I got home from work, seven, eight o'clock, I would stay up seven, eight to like three, four, five a.m just making these songs nonstop and sending in, them to you. In your own, like, built studio? Like, where, where were you recording in, these? In my basement apartment, in the very corner of the basement apartment. You were just recording into, like, <laughs> GarageBand or something? Yeah, I was using GarageBand, and I had a, a rock band mic from the video game, Rock yeah. Band. Yeah, I had that. <laughs> so I was, yeah. and then I, I, after my songs got so popular, I had to upgrade my equipment, so I went right. and got a $50 uh, USB microphone, and the quality improved greatly. And then I got better at editing. I learned how to, like, really tweak the settings to add reverb and do all these different things. And you guys liked them, and I kept sending them. You guys kept talking about me, so I kept doing it. I would Every morning I'd be, like, ironing my pants for work or for before the radio show, ironing my pants. Uh, no, uh, the, yeah, the days I didn't have it, I'm sorry. I'd be ironing my, my clothes for work, getting ready, and then you guys would just start playing the song or talking about, like, oh, this guy, Tom, who is this guy? And that was, that was unbelievable. That was crazy. It was like uh, Goodfellows when he's in the shower and right. uh, they're talking about the height. It's like, oh, <laughs> they did it. That, that's what it was like every day. Yeah. And then you had sent some stuff sometimes that we didn't use. Yeah. But you still had spent hours doing that. Right. Right. So I think that's another thing for for people just starting in the business. Like that will happen sometimes for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it, that idea of just continuing to pump stuff out until something connects with either the producer you're sending it to or the host, or even like Eddie sometimes gets stuff, and, and maybe this happened in your case too, that you would send us, but instead of trying to force it on the air, Eddie might sit on something for three months, mm -hmm. and then the perfect thing comes up to play it on the show, and he has it. But in those three months, if you're the person who spent hours creating it, sending it in, and never hear it, I think it's easy to get discouraged but also easy to get very encouraged if something does get used. Yeah, absolutely. When when I would send Eddie stuff and he would not play it, um, before I was working here, he it just wouldn't get played, and I'd be like, all right, I guess they'll sit on it. And I'd get antsy about it, like, why aren't they playing it? Why aren't they playing it? Like, this is the perfect moment. Yeah, this is now, 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 now. <laughs> and then when I worked here and I got to know Eddie a little bit, and I, I mean, I always, like, fully trusted Eddie's been here. You know, he's a staple. He understands what the right moment is to drop stuff like this. Um. He, uh, when I actually w was here and I met him and stuff, he would explain to me how his like process, uh, whether or not something was good, whether it was, you know, he eventually got to the point where he would tell me when something's bad. Like, this just is not good. And right. after like the first couple of times, kind of like, oh, that's weird. You know, I thought it was good, but I've learned to like accept that. But even when he said something is not good, that moment might still come and he might still play it. Right. So, and, and, and when, and each host is different. So when Craig was here, he had very little patience for, like, something had to get be funny immediately and keep it short. Yeah. Which, so you also have to know, like, what your host, what the host is looking for. Now, I also heard you sent me a clip one time where you got on Howard Stern's show, or Howard Stern was talking about 
the Bobo song you sent in. Yeah. Did you get on the air with him also? I did not. No, I he just, was just. I thought, mean, they asked. They asked who sent this, and they said your name. Yes. Like who is? Oh, Tom Izzo, and I was like, Oh <laughs> my god! I was here. I was working here when that one got yeah got put out because I sent it to them. They didn't get. They don't get the stuff for months. So because they get so much junk right. sent to them. So I when I sent that, it didn't get on until I was already hired here. And that day, actually, you guys played the Michael Jackson. Um, uh, I don't know if it was Beat It. I don't remember. It was it was a Michael Jackson one, and. Also, Howard played my thing that day, and you got, and both wow. shows were on the air at the same time talking Live. about me. That really? was like that was unbelievable. It was three sixteen sixteen <laughs> Stone Cold Day. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, 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 a huge day for me. And then okay, so then people will then say, "All right, so he sent stuff in. It got played on the air. Still no no payment for anything. No, right. still working your regular job and doing this stuff for Howard Stern for free, for Boomer and Carton for free. So then, how did you? get a job at WFAN? Uh, what I did was I just kept hammering away while I was working. I got hired in the traffic department. Which is, um, people, whenever I used to hear traffic department, I would think when you hear, oh, there's a backup on the George Washington Bridge. Right. But the traffic department in radio is scheduling commercials. Exactly. You're trafficking the ads to the air or to the, the people who run the board. Right. Um, so what what was going on here was, which is not a sexy job in radio. It's uh, an it's, office job. It's not, but I didn't hate it. It was. I mean, I came from the fish market, so for me, anything like around this place was unbelievable. I, right. I, I still, still can't believe I get to see like Joe B walk through the door every day. It's, it's wild. It's, it's really, it's crazy to see Mike show up. It's like, right. as not often as that might be. Right, he does some from home <laughs> these days. Many from home, but uh, it's still a thrill to see him walk through that door. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, so I was working, I was, I applied for years trying to get in here in the traffic department. Cause I know a couple people in traffic, uh, just from like normal life. And eventually after interviewing, not getting the job, interviewing, not getting the job, I had interviewed for a traffic position here, which is the lowest, like, I guess on the totem pole, like entry level in very entry level. Um, yeah, I don't want to say, I don't know if it still pays what it paid when I did it, but it's not the best. Right. I had to take a pay cut to do that from where I was in Jersey. And when I got in the door, I just, you know, just kept hammering away, sending you guys stuff, stayed in the loop, stayed connected to the shows. And then eventually when you guys had, like, events, I would show up and record them. I started recording things on my cell phone. And then I bought a $60 program on my computer to edit them. I figured, I figured you know what, the, the audio stuff I do is fine. I, I edited some photos. I did a couple things around that. But video is where it's going. People want video, and you see companies rise like a barstool. Video, I think, has elevated that company like unbelievable to unbelievable heights. Like they're doing, right. they're killing it in the video world. Um, and at the same time, we like the ten year anniversary happened. That was a big moment for me to. All right, I'm going to go to this ten year anniversary. I'm going to get myself on that list somehow. The Boomer and Carton ten year anniversary. Oh yes, sorry the the Boomer and Carton ten year when it was at the Borgata. I had to get my list myself on that list somehow. Get into that event. And video as much stuff as I can, interview some people, and show kind of like how cool the FAN events are. Because when we do an event, it's very cool. We give away a ton of free stuff. We do all kinds of great things. Um, so I did that. I brought me and my wife went to the event. We dressed up all nice and fancy. And I just walked around with my iPhone 4, I think, at the time and started interviewing people, filming stuff. The guys walk around taking pictures with people. And I was able to mush it into a nice little montage that I put together the, like, the next day. And I tweeted it out. The sales department saw it. And they started passing it around amongst themselves. And they're like, wow, this is something we can use. Uh, you know, how interesting was this? Why, why isn't this content that we have our, why isn't this in our house? Why isn't this something we're putting out? 
Um, and eventually I met with a couple people here. They eventually talked to Mark about it. And then they came to me, and we all had a big meeting. I thought I was going to get fired. I thought that was it for me. They they thought, said, you thought you were stepping over your bounds? Yes. I thought, like, this is it. Now they go, okay, we saw the videos you did. We want to talk about it. And I was like, okay. They were going to ask me to deactivate, turn it, shut it down. or And they said, no, make more. Keep doing what you're doing. And, like, when Entercom took over, they said they're going more of a digital direction. They want to expand this digital a little bit more. Okay, that sounds good to me. And uh, just kept kept doing what I was doing, and eventually Mark did come to me and said, all right, the position's been created. We need a digital content producer. You're going to make videos. You're going to help with the digital team on the website. And uh, So you really created your own job here. Yeah, yeah, based on just pushing like that. And, uh, I mean, a little help from people passing that video around and then going to Mark. And, and obviously, Boomer and Geo helped a ton. Uh, when that show, when this show first started in January, I was still making things, putting things out, and they would reference it. Oh, on Twitter, did you see this video? Izzo put out a video, or we got a video out on Twitter. I'd give you stuff for the for the show account even, and, oh, the, you know, look at all this stuff on Twitter. And eventually talking about it on the air, I think really put some pressure on people to, like, get that done. Yeah. And it, it really sped it up. Yeah, th- there's not a lot of jobs being created at places, especially radio stations. But everybody who whose business was not in digital videos, like radio was not. It was just what's coming out of your speakers. But now with social media and that sort of thing, and you mentioned even sales, there are opportunities for people to teach themselves this type of thing and to find companies that, because it's very, like for for a lot of companies are managed and run by people older than you are. So there may, may be people my age, 49 into their 50s, who might not understand, they might know that they need to do digital things, but they don't know how to do it. So if you come to them with the solution, that's a huge thing. You know, that solves a problem for them where they don't even know how to begin to solve this problem and you can create your own job. But so I always wonder, what do you do now every day when you come in? Do you have a game plan or do you just throughout the day think, what can I video? What can I put together? Uh, Well, in the beginning, it was a lot of what can I do? What, what can I create? Like, within the walls of this place. what There's interesting things that always happen here. In the beginning, it was I had a lot more freedom that way. Um, now it's a little more structured where I have a lot to do for sales. Um, so you have a boss now. Yes. You I, had they, no boss when you first started because you were just a free spirit sort of. Pretty much, yeah. I was just wandering around doing whatever <laughs> I wanted. And, <laughs> and then when they started giving me the paycheck, it's like, all right, now you have to report to somebody. Right. You have to follow these rules. They took away a lot of little like uh, – I don't know how to say it. Little luxuries I'd like to have as far as like posting things. I had to follow certain legal. Right, this is a big company. Yeah. So you you can't even though other big companies sometimes post things that they may not have the rights to. Uh, a company like Entercom has to be careful with. You can't be posting things you don't have the right to post because you're now a big company. You're not an individual. That's right. Person. Yeah, it got very strict. Yeah. As far like I can't use music, I can't use certain photos, certain video. No copyrighted thing. No copyrighted thing. Anything that we don't own or I didn't create myself from scratch, I really can't use. Which so you is, have which to... has been good because then that's a way to get creative and create your own like I learned to make things based on other things or create jokes out of not being able to use the actual copyrighted right. material. That, so, like, cool. we do the weekly football picks, the $5, five-team parlay. Do you have other weekly things like that that you have, like, you know, every, uh, you and I shoot that on Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we're going to record that. You're going to put that together. It's going to come out on Thursday. 
Do you like doing more of those things, or would you rather it be kind of random things? I like both. I, I like I like having the Wednesday. I know the parlay is when we film it. Thursday, it's getting dropped. I love having that that cornerstone thing. Like this is something that will absolutely be done, and I can plan around it. Right. Um, it's been a lot of sales stuff lately, which is good. It's great for the station. It's great for me because then it, it makes me a little like. On the books, it makes a little more sense. Right. So what you're doing is creating money for sales and advertising. Right. Yes. An opportunity where, uh, like, oh, we want to go try to get this client. Would you mind filming a video with a talent, maybe talking to them, and they can see the inside of the place, see what it looks like, see what we're all about. And that's really fun. That's really cool. And that's something that I think I don't want to talk myself up about. I have, like, a a good eye for that in this place. I, I love WFAN. Like, this got me to get out of the fish market and get out of wherever I was doing and get into pursuing a career of passion. Right. Um, so that's fun for me. I, I enjoy doing that kind of thing. But as far as like a weekly like, schedule go, it's not a very tight schedule. It's kind of all over the place. Things just pop up every week. And do people like, I don't really know what all goes into the videos that you do. I'm sure Mark Chernoff also is not aware because he doesn't do it. Is do people who don't know how to do it think that it's a, uh, it takes, like, in other words, does it take you more time to do something than people think it should? Like, oh, bang out this video. This should only take you 10 minutes. And it really takes a long time to do it right. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. that is the case. A lot of people like say, uh, we did a sales video a day or two ago, uh, a spec for a client. Like, oh, yeah, if I can get this, uh, you know, as soon as possible. I'm like, okay, when do you need it? And they say, well, I really need it yesterday. And I'm like, Ugh. You know, I gotta like color correct. I have to make yeah. everything look nice. I have to match up the audio. I have to. I have to. Re- I want to make this thing good. Or yes. do you want me to just hand it over like and look like a cell phone video? Right. So yeah, that's what we don't want, right? That, no, we don't want that. That that can be frustrating, but um, it is. It is. I do enjoy the editing process. Like getting filming the thing is fun because you get to be there. You get to be a part of the experience. But then when I go and sit in my little cave in the back that I have, and I get my little my little lair. And I get all my little toys out and all my, like, headphones and all these different, like, little things I have. I love getting in there and, and just, like, making it look exactly how I think it should look or sound. Right. That's a lot of fun for me. And do you think, like, when uh, guests, celebrity guests come in nowadays, like, you like to film them? Yes. Do you think they're expecting that nowadays? Because I think early on I would have felt weird being a guy taking a camera and following somebody down the hall or you know what I mean? Like, but you you come from a different generation where I feel like you don't that doesn't feel like an invasion of privacy to you. And I wonder if guests and people in the public eye ex- expect that now that they're going to be always filmed. Yeah, I think it's more normal now um, coming up. Like people my age expect cameras to be everywhere. Right. You expect technology to be all around you and kind of running your life a little bit. Yeah, so why aren't we filming this? Especially when, yeah, right, yeah. Well, oh, did you get that? Right. A, I get that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or or if anything happens, I get on Twitter, where's Tom Izzo? Right. <laughs> why Why wasn't he there? When uh, when Mike went to the stock exchange, why wasn't he there? Where right. is it? Like, I mean, well, no one invited me. I definitely right. would have gone, but, you know, no one invited uh, Yeah, when it comes to the, the morning show, I think it's a lot more, people are a lot more cool about me putting the camera in here because there's cameras everywhere. You guys are on t- national television. Right. So it's not such a big deal. Um, I, I do, th- I do sense people worry during breaks though. When TV cuts away, my camera's still in here and it's still running. Right. I would, you know, I usually come grab it as quickly as I can. Cause I don't want to make anyone feel like they're being watched, you know? 
Uh, but I, I do sense that they, they know that thing's rolling because it's not. But I think what happens is kind of like what happens in reality TV where they'll say when you have seen people uh, interviewed who've been on re- reality TV, they go, oh, it must be so weird, the cameras. You get used to it so quickly that you do not think about it. So like when you set your camera up in here to record the guests and then the interview's over and you're still down the hall and it's still rolling, I don't I don't get the sense that anyone is thinking, like, oh, this camera's on. Okay. Like it becomes such a part of the room mm-hmm. that I don't know. I, I think maybe the first time, the second time we did it, now it's like we expect to see you in here when a guest is here. Right. Setting up a tripod with uh, your own camera. That way you don't have, you would have a different angle than CBS Sports Network. And you also don't have to ask them for the video, right? So you're shooting your own unique angle of a celebrity interview or if we're doing something stupid in here. Yeah. The CBS Sports Network guys, when I ask them for clips, uh, they, they, they usually send them no problem. They're great. They're really great with that stuff. The only thing I like is I have total control of what, it looks like if I put the camera here. Right. Like I can decide what it what what angle I take. When I get it from CBS Sports, I get what they use and what their their directors and their producers think. And I mean, usually it's like, yeah, they do a great job. They're pros. But I, I like having total control of like what my video will look like. Right. And plus the angle I get is awesome. Yeah. I love that. That straight on, it's usually Boomer Geo the guest. And it like it's perfect it's perfectly framed up it says boomer and geo on it i think it's very i don't know it gives it a different feel and plus i use the studio mics when i do the videos versus you know whatever audio the tv has it has that it sounds like it's on the radio but you can see it it's 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 interesting it's not just a video i feel like it's more and what's our limit these days to how long will we watch a video for um i don't know before we're bored it's such a mess now it is i disagree everyone's telling me one minute two minutes one minute two minutes i'm i i I sit there and i watch 20 minute videos (laughs) if i care about what it is right i'll go i'll get trapped in the facebook scroll you will i'll watch all that junk i'll just go right out seven minute video i got seven minutes six minute video no problem you know I, i don't have a problem with sitting through that and i think the audience is starting to go that way with obviously i don't want to say the death of television but TV is not as popular as it once was. It's changing. Right. The internet is is taking its real estate now in people's like everyday lives. And right. I, I don't know. I enjoy watching a 12-minute video sometimes. You do. Because yeah. I know you've had some things here where you've wanted to put out 10-minute videos. And, uh-huh. and people are like, well, no one's going to watch a 10-minute video. Ah, I disagree. It's such a generational <laughs> thing, I think. Yeah. You know? But we, but we assume younger people have less patience mm-hmm. and want shorter. But you're younger than all of us here. Yeah. And you like longer videos. If you're deep in it, if you really care about the characters and what's going on, you'll you'll sit through like Joe B and Evan having a normal conversation, not about sports in the hallway. Right. That's like eight minutes long, just about their weekend. Because you're eavesdropping on it. Them. Yeah, it's it's something else. It's if you really care about WFN, you'll care. Like, I don't know. Um my my aunt won't care about that. She right. won't care at all. These two old guys are talking, whatever, I don't care. You know. But if you if you're a fan of Boomer and Geo, or like a really deep like diehard Mike fan, or you know one of these really Steve Summers, whatever, you'll sit through that and it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I kind of wish like uh, that this was around for me the peak Howard Stern for me, and I know it changes for different. If you talk to Evan, who loves Howard Stern, his peak years of when he thought Howard was the best differ from mine. I think it's whatever uh, years 
you were really into the show. So for me, like if you were to take the 1990s as a decade, 90 to 2000, if, if this was available back then, I would have a hundred percent sat through a 12 minute video of Howard talking to somebody in the hallway or Baba Bowie in the hallway. And I wish that stuff was available back then the way yeah. we all have access now to all this stuff. Yeah. Howard TV gave you like a little taste of that a kind taste. of thing. It, it did. It, it did the show, the show, the show. And then once in a while they'd cut what's going on in the hallway. Yeah. You know, what is Beetlejuice up to in the hallway? What <laughs> happened? What happened in the bathroom? Right. And they go in the gate with the cameras and, oh, this is behind the scenes. This isn't even part of the show. And it's so crazy over here. And This place can be pretty nuts. And weren't you fascinated back then even like, what's the bathroom at K-Rock look like? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't <laughs> wait when they went in there. <laughs> I was like, I would slow it down, pause, right. take a look. Oh, this is very interesting. I mean, a normal bathroom, but like, right. that's the K Rock bathroom. Right. That's... And it always looked less impressive on video than you imagined. Always. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. The buildings, the studios, everything looked less impressive. I always remember on Howard TV, they had that like super thin, long hallway. Yes. That the guests would be coming, they're coming down, like, oh yeah, about to go on the show. It's like so weird looking. <laughs> I also like I asked uh, like to you to reprise the Ganji role from yeah. the E show where when a guest comes out here you you would just put a camera in their face and go how would it go in there yeah how is that <laughs> how do you think it went was he mad <laughs> yeah <laughs> how would it go and I don't do a lot of the TMZ type uh, asking people right. questions I like to catch the hosts and the talent and and the guests in their natural habitat yes I like to just leave the camera in there I don't want to bother you. Like when I do the videos of Joe and Evan, they like to leave the uh, the lights off, but the wind, <laughs> but the shade up. Okay. So the natural light comes in. For the video purposes, that's terrible. Yeah. It looks awful. It's dark. I've gotten a little bit better with color correction and stuff like that to make them look like they weren't sitting in the dark because they're not. But on the video, it looks like it. Um, but I don't want to disturb their natural habitat. Right. Like if they like the window open, leave the window open. Right. If Evan wants to drink his water, I can't tell him to move it because the label's facing the camera. Like I get all these pointers from people. You don't leave them alone. Right. You don't want them. You want there to be as minimal intrusion on what they would naturally do. Yes. I don't even acknowledge that I'm there. Don't look at the camera. Don't notice it. Please. And I try to be as discreet as possible to help that. Don't pay attention that you're being filmed. Right. Yeah. Well, this is a very interesting, Tom Izzo. No. We're done because I have to go home. All I right. did actually pull some stories, but I thought your your story of how you got here and created your job was interesting for people. Because oh, I get that all the time. People write to me all the time. They'll, they'll literally just write and just go, hey, could you get me a job at WFAN? Like, doing what? Yeah. And part of it is is doing the work to figure out how to get yourself a job here. Right. Right. You that, have to... That's part of the drive. Yeah, a hundred percent. You have to. I heard somebody say it. I don't remember who it was. You have to envision like what you want, and then more importantly than envision where you want to end up, envision what it takes to get there. Right. Like the steps you have to take to gain the skills to do the thing you want to do. You can't just you know pe people tweet me even and go oh if you put me on the air I'd get a seven rating. Yeah. What, what are you talking? How do you even? <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. The you, best part of that when when people used to think that when then a couple years ago. For a couple years in a row, we did the Fantasy Phenom yeah. contest, which was tremendous to see because people would think that they could come in here and do a four-hour show. Mm -hmm. And then when they would get, I think it was two minutes or a minute and a half oh, I at did Fantasy it. I, Phenom. I did this. You did? Oh, yeah. I went on stage in the Menlo Park Mall. <laughs> That's right. I, in, I was at the Menlo Park Mall. Oh, really? Oh, One well. of the years, me and Eddie were a judge. Maybe uh, not that year. You guys year. weren't judging. It oh, okay. was uh, Spitz and Chernoff 
Um, I think it was just them two. Okay, and and it was much more difficult than you thought, right? Uh, well, I I practiced my rant. Yeah, and it was about a rod and stuff, and I uh, I actually I I read part of it off a piece of paper, which automatically probably disqualifies right. you. But I think I did well, and I told a joke at the end, and I did like a I don't know if I did a Sid Rosenberg impression or something. And Spitz, like, looked up, and he was like, well, that was uh, creative. <laughs> and that was it. I, I walked off. And you didn't stage. move uh, beyond that? No, no. That was, uh, that was it, it. That's how J.J. After Dark got on here. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, before I did that, I called into J.J.'s show. Um, I, I forgot what we were talking about. I, I just asked him a regular question about the yeah. Yankees. This, that was, like, my warm-up to get all amped up to go to right. Menlo Park You Mall. would call J.J., work it out there. Yeah. Another guy with high energy, then you would do it. Do it uh, in the Menlo Park Mall. Yep. Well, Izzo, you've given us a lot of good advice today, so I'm going to give you some good advice. Please. From now and through December 31st, cops across the U.S. are stepping up enforcement on impaired drivers. Perhaps you saw this on your ride into work today. Did you drive in or do you take... uh... I take uh, transit. Because I saw this in the Holland Tunnel. Good reminder. That digital sign before you go through the Holland Tunnel, it says this. Drive sober... Or get pulled over. Wise. Very wise. Because this is the uh, season of holiday parties, Christmas parties, New Year's, New Year's Eve. These are times when people are drinking and driving. No good. Drive sober or get pulled over. There's a lot of risks uh, driving drunk. There could be a car accident. People could get hurt or killed even. You could get arrested. I'm going to guess that hiring a lawyer to defend your drunk driving charge is very expensive. You could lose your job. You might not be able to get to your job. You know the consequences of driving drunk. It is wrong to say it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. And nowadays people are smoking weed. Mm -hmm. How about this saying, Izzo? Drive high or get a DUI. I was telling this to Jerry and Bob Dwyer earlier this week. You have to have a game plan before you go out. Yeah. Right? You don't just go out and drive and then be like, oh, I was, I thought I was drinking this evening. That's right. Oh, I thought you were drinking. No, you need a game plan before you go out. Then you won't screw up at the end of the night. Yeah, you got to have a designated driver or an Uber. Right. Something like that, a Lyft. Cab. I would do this. Downlo- download the Safer Ride app. Ooh, that's it's good. a very simple to use app, even if you're drunk got three buttons on it one you set up the button would just be to call a friend two to locate and call a cab company or three bring up bring up a map of your current location so when you're calling your friends and they're like where are you you can just click on the little map there and tell them where you are i like that all right you'll see the signs all over the place billboards digital billboards me telling you helping you out Drive sober or get pulled over. Now, the warm-up program is next. I did not do that with you. No. I did that with CeeLo. Yeah, too early for me. Too early for you to get here. You're busy shooting videos of somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tomorrow, Jerry Recca will be back for our final show before the Christmas break. We're going to do a Friday podcast, Jerry and I. Uh, Oh, also, this is the part of the podcast where I say see ya, then you say see ya. Okay. Then I'll do another see ya, like... And then you do a final see you. All right. It goes fast. So I'll go see you. Then you go see you. That's all right. So you're going to go first. I'll go first, but you end it. All right. I'll finish. Okay. Ready? See you. See you. See you. Perfect.
It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, the shortest show on WFAN. But the best one, that's what I say. Oh, hi, Al here. Uh, Jerry is out. Again. Well, he's catching up. Uh, he he has some days off. It's yeah. uh, this time of year. In radio, it's the summer and near the holidays where guys take vacation. No doubt about it. So CeeLo joins me today. Oh, hi, CeeLo. Oh, hi, Al. Oh, hi. The I, shortest, the best, the most the best. bang for your buck. The most bang for your buck. It's only like 12 minutes long, this mm. show. That means no, it's like a lean beef. There's no fat. That's right. You don't have to do any work. No, it's just lean beef. Yeah, just fire away. Although, there, I'll tell you, there are some days where I'm like, I don't think I have 12 minutes of material. <laughs> and I don't know how these guys do four and five hour shows. What? How do you do that? You produce that program. You should know. I don't know how it happens. All shows should be 12 minutes. We should hire 80 hosts or however many that would take. Yeah. Uh, and then it wouldn't get, uh, you know, if you didn't like a host, 12 minutes later, we got a new one. That'd be good for a lot of folks around here dying, yeah. dying to get on the air. You'd have a show. There you go. I'd have a solo show probably and a show with Jerry. And a podcast. And a podcast. The Manny Machado meeting, CeeLo, uh, with the Yankees, people, oh my gosh, they covered this. I was following along on Twitter. They had um, live video of the car driving him into Yankee uh, Stadium. Yeah. The car driving him out. <laughs> Scintillating footage. Yeah. And tinted they said, windows. Yeah, tinted windows. And as uh, Run DMC once sang, tinted windows don't mean nothing. We know who's inside. That was a hit in the 80s. And he was right. And he was right. Right. We know it's Manny Machado. But people were saying 90 minutes. That's not good. They wanted longer than 90 minutes. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I mean, he makes the effort to come to New York. It's a big meeting, the big meeting of the minds. Supposed to talk to Hal Steinbrenner about the hustle situation. Boone was there. Cashman was there. Apparently, CeCe was there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I don't know if CeCe was there to see Manny Machado. Maybe he just happened to be at the stadium yesterday. But he doesn't he was seem, there. He doesn't seem to be a talkative fellow, this Manny Machado. I guess not, but I mean, there's some questions to be answered if they're going to be showing out the big bucks, right? Yeah, 90 minutes, plenty of time. Well, you're someone who, like, you know, won't even watch a movie that's beyond 90 minutes. Right. So All 90 s- minutes is perfect for you. Yes. But for the rest of, you know, normal America. I All don't know. stories. And meetings should be under 90 minutes. Yeah, but how many, it depends how many people he has to meet with, you know? He met with the Steinbrenners, Cashman, CeCe Sabathia, obviously. Boone. Boone. That's a lot of, that's a lot of guys to talk to. And they all, you think they all meet him at the same time, one long table? No, no. It's probably one of those things where they have like a staffer take him around to the different offices. Really? Now we're gonna, you're going to go see this person, you're going to see this person, right? This way he gets to see what all the offices look like. He was touring the stadium, even though he's played there a billion times. They had his picture up on the scoreboard in center field with the Yankee hat on and the pinstripes. It's a lot to cover. Yeah, I feel like every team does that, though. And then they had, uh, they had a big dinner last night in Manhattan. Where? I don't know. It said, the story I read said... Uh, the Yankees took he and his wife and his agent to a Manhattan eatery. Yeah, that's what I heard <laughs> Harris Allen uh, all night on the drive-in saying a, a Manhattan, Manhattan restaurant. Manhattan restaurant. Or okay. eatery, eatery, yeah. Yes. Uh, I can't imagine you go, uh, people would know what's going on, I would think. Like, there's Manny Machado enjoying a steak. Yeah, where were the where were the pictures last night? Social media. Where are the pictures I was supposed to see? Come on. Uh, now let's uh, switch to football, CeeLo, as that's the only real baseball news going on. <laughs> Although I saw a bunch of stuff with the Mets and who's the Met? I forgot that I've already forgotten. <laughs> Let me look at my notes here. Uh, dee, 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 dee. The sad part is I don't even know where you're oh, referring Adam to. Oh, Adam Jones. 
Oh, Mets I are still you meant interested. A current Met. Okay, no, no, no. I understand. Yes. In Mets news, yes. still interested in Adam Jones. Okay. Though people say he's lost a step in center field. Well, you know, he's a little long in the tooth these yeah. days. But, uh, you know, good good player, good locker room guy. Excuse me, clubhouse. Clubhouse. Baseball, you don't call it the locker room. It's the clubhouse. Big clubhouse guy. In football news, CeeLo, this week, uh, Colts-Giants. And yesterday or the day before, also the uh, Pro Bowl selections came out. Right. Colts linebacker Darius Leonard, quote, heartbroken over not being selected. I didn't think anyone cared. Like, I think you were saying that yesterday. Yeah. Who knew these guys cared? Uh The big name guys don't care. But a fellow like Darius Leonard cares, and he's ticked off. He says, now if I was Saquon Barkley, I'd be looking for this guy this weekend. Darius Leonard says he's going for 40 tackles against the Giants. Seemed high to me. A little high. So I Googled NFL records for the okay for the most in a game. Can I take a stab? Yeah. 26. 24. Oh, was close. He thinks he's going to get 40. Well, he's gunning for 40. Mm. I think he was put in a tough spot by his teammate Eric Ebron now. How so? Because Eric Ebron with the media yesterday was like, oh, he said he told me he's upset and he wants to get 40 tackles or something. <laughs> and then, of course, the media went running to Darius Leonard and they kind of put it. And he's like, well, you know, it's something to shoot for. And then right. one reporter was like, it's impossible. And then, of course, you get the pro athlete thing. You know, you could hear boomers. Nothing is impossible. Right. Don't tell, you know, don't. And then the reporter under his breath was like, it's impossible. I would love to see this dude get 40 tackles. Yeah, I don't think I'd be. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't even get double digits. Really? Yeah. Not 10 tackles? He's vowing 40. Yeah. I All think right. he's going to end up with like eight or nine. Eight or nine tackles. Yeah. That'd be embarrassing. That's I don't know about embarrassing. Especially against the Giants. He's, well, especially if the Giants, uh, you know, try to pound the rock quite a bit this right. week. Right, which they will. I don't know. Last week they oh. dropped Eli back 47 times oh. in the rain and the wind. So they're indoors this time. Now they'll probably run it 40 <laughs> times. Makes right. a lot of sense. Got it. Uh, the Raiders have signed quarterback Nathan Peterman. To the practice squad. Oh, just to the practice squad? Yeah. I was thinking it this. It still works. It does still yeah. work. Because John Gruden says he likes Nathan well, when Peterman. He, well, because when, when Peterman was coming out, Gruden was still an analyst. He was still working for ESPN. He was doing draft profiles on yeah. the quarterbacks that were coming out of the draft. He wrote up a whole scouting report on Nathan Peterman and had a glo- glowing things to say about him. So, of course, it's low-hanging fruit now that Peterman's considered, based on his stats, one of the worst quarterbacks to ever step on an NFL field. But I was thinking, if this were the first version of John Gruden, the John Gruden that took the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl in 2003, if that John Gruden picked Nathan Peterman, we'd all been like, oh, my God, what does he know that we don't know? Like, if I was the Bills, I'd be like, what did we do? Why did we let this guy go? Yeah. He sees something. We'd be lauding it. La- lauding it. Lauding it. Now, it's like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> it's an ego thing. He's going to bring him in. I can I can fix this guy. I can turn him into a productive backup. You know, that sort of thing. What do you think the odds are of Nathan Peterman going to a Super Bowl in the next five years? Zero. Zero. Unless Derek Carr Zero continues to have uh, a renaissance in the last few weeks of this season into next season. Then what will happen? Then Peterman, if he's a backup on the roster, he would still. Oh, then he could go to the Super Bowl. Is he going to the Super Bowl as a starting yeah, quarterback? Starter. Zero point zero. MVP. Yes, no, not a chance. And Patrick Mahomes, who we found out earlier this year, loves ketchup. I like I like ketchup. I like ketchup as well. Yeah. I don't like when people think putting ketchup on like 
scrambled eggs yeah. is fugazi. Or these people that yell at you for putting ketchup on a hot dog. Right. What is that? Love ketchup. Yeah. So everyone thought he was going to get a ketchup endorsement at some point, and one finally came in, although slightly disappointed in the ketchup brand he's now going to be an ambassador for. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Hunts. Yeah, but don't they have a connection to the Chiefs? Hunts? Don't the Hunts own the Chiefs? That I'm not aware of. Oh, it's a different family? I do my background. So it's a coincidence. You were told it was a different family? Fleeg's in my ear here. He's all over it. I guess Heinz doesn't need your endorsements, Patrick Mahomes. But you know who does? Hunts. You know who will have more on that later today in a CBS Sports Minute? (laughs) One Boomer (laughs) Esiason. Boomer did an entire... Uh, sports minute on hunts, the hunts, ketchup? the hunts situation, oh, and how it. it's a different hunts that's oh. associated with the sea. That's why to me it was like, of course it's going to be hunts. It's the Chiefs, the hunts. They Plus have... they had Kareem Hunt no right. longer on the team, obviously. Right. A lot of hunts going on in Kansas City. Yeah, so he's got himself a nice ketchup endorsement. That's a good job. Good for him. They did promise him ketchup for life. Oh, great. Would have been real tough for him to, you know, pay ninety nine cents. Yeah, I mean, come on. My sister's one of these like. Um, she collects coupons and that sort of thing. Collects them and then I would hope well, she uses, uses them. them. Yes, yeah, so she's a clipper. She she's a clipper. clipper. Yep. She has a list of products that she will never pay for because if you combine double coupon day and certain deals, you get things free. Ketchup, she says, is a product that you never really have to pay for if you're smart and look for the coupons on double coupon day, buy one, get one free, and then you stockpile ketchup. Which lasts a long time. Your sister's say, been doing this a while. Long huh? time. How old are your? Uh, you have what? Nephews, nieces? How, yeah. many, how many? Uh, uh, five total. Five total. Not all from your two one sisters. Si- yeah. Two sisters. Okay, so this particular sister has three how many? younger kids. Three younger. So kids. she is saving money, and you know, kids like are like uh, Patrick Mahomes. They dip in everything. In <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Kids that's will the only love ketchup. Get my son to eat anything. Right. Just dip. 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 So that's what we call it. Dip, dip, any dip, dip chicken, dip, dip this. He just has to hear dip, dip. He knows ketchup's involved, and he's good to go. And I hate when people go, you know, that's filled with uh, corn syrup or something. Uh, Who cares? Come on. No one's getting fat from eating ketchup. Not a chance. Maybe what you're putting the ketchup right, on. Right, of course. Fried that's the, pork that's chops. the bigger issue. French fries. Right. French yes. fries. Hamburgers, right. cheeseburgers, hot dogs. Yeah. Oh, I don't eat high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> Why? It's delicious. It's in all the good... Dipping things. Says the guy who has one of the most bland <laughs> diets you'll come across. I will eat uh, plain turkey sandwich. Yes. Oh, we're salmon. Late. We're late for a break. Okay. Uh, when we come back, I have a fascinating story about a man pretending to be a teenager. Back after this. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, Boomer and Geo momentarily. Knicks got pasted by the Sixers. Nets won again. St. John's 2. Yankees wine and dine. Manny Machado. Al? So this kid in India is breaking all sorts of Indian soccer records, like youngest kid to score this, youngest kid to score as a 16-year-old boy, breaking all these records, uh, playing amongst men, CeeLo. Well, it turns out he's 28. (laughs) And I saw his photo. He looks 28. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Their he had own a, version of Danny Almonte. He had a, yeah. Bronx Little League. He had a full mustache, this guy. <laughs> and he's got the dyed blonde hair with the full black mustache. So they're not very bright in India. <laughs> no. Sure. Although, I was trying to look. I was like, could I be fooled by this kid being 16? No. He does have a bit of a baby face. 
But the full mustache would have given it away to me. For sure. Although that's my dream to play Soccer against. Soccer in India? No. 